0: cardio champions welcome to career boost show of the medical portfolio podcast get ready to turbocharge your professional journey with tips tricks and wisdom from top experts it is my huge pleasure to introduce dr marta gulati from the united states i would have to spend several minutes to summarize marta cv but but i'll try to make it in a few words marta is a cardiologist at Cedars-Sinai Smith Heart Institute and the president of the American Society of Preventive Cardiology. She has been one of the leaders of the movement Women in Cardiology, and she's focused on saving women's hearts and preventing heart disease. Marta, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: So I'll start uh, asking you to quickly summarize your career journey in about a minute.
1: Well, I will say I came from Canada to the United States to do my residency and fellowship, but my goal from the medical school was always to study women's cardiovascular health. And that's a personal journey for me, given that I have a very strong family history of heart disease and the women don't do so well. And so ultimately that led me to all my different positions, but really doing the job that I get the honor of doing every day, which is really taking care of women's hearts.
0: It's really good. And who inspired and guided you in your medical career?
1: Well, I was lucky to have so many people that that were part of my life and journey. My certainly, my family was a big part of my success. But when i went to medical school there was one person dr len sternberg who told me i needed to be a cardiologist and and guided me there in medical school when i suggested that that's what i wanted to do he really took interest in me and that was the first person to give me confidence and and really make it exciting let me shadow him and see what a cardiologist really does from there, though, I've had many mentors. I had a mentor at University of Chicago where I did my training, um, and there I met a wonderful man named Mort Arnsdorf, who also took me under his wing and, and made... Critical introductions introduced me to the research that really started my career, but also introduced me to the woman that I currently work with, Dr. Barry Mertz, um, who is a leader in women and heart disease and still is a leader in women and heart disease. But ultimately, she hired me here at Cedars-Sinai, and I have the pleasure of working with her every day. I would say that another person that I can't um, not mention is uh, uh, Dr. Nanette Wanger. Dr. Wanger was really the pioneer who led this movement about studying women's hearts and saying that we really ignored women. You know, 52% of the population was really left behind. And I met her actually when I was in medical school which really set a fire in me of what I was going to do. But the great part of that story, at least for me, is not knowing I'd ever know her, but now this little girl from Canada can count Dr. Wenger as her friend and mentor.
0: And what what were the biggest challenges in your career and how did you overcome them?
1: Well, I think the challenges that, you know... You know, one, I think when we start out in cardiology for a lot of women, at least in the United States, there is not that many women in cardiology still to this date and it's not i know people might say well that's not necessarily a challenge but it was because you go from residency where you have men and women that you know you you need need both for different things but camaraderie sometimes having other women really does matter and it can be a very lonely experience if you're the only woman training or very few women training i think that that you know it it's not something that you could necessarily overcome, but you just sought out anybody in your field, um, anyone. And, and that taught me at least to make friends with our nurses and nurse practitioners who predominantly were female. But if they had your back, sometimes that's how you, you could have your female network as well um and i think that's also what inspired me to make sure that our women in cardiology community exists especially for people that are at programs where they're alone or even in jobs where they're alone so that they have people they can call on and that they they have a family outside of their own institution and it's why mentorship is so important to be broad not just in your institution but but really looking beyond your own walls that can be, you know, now we're in a world where it can be across worlds, across continents where we can have mentors and people that can give us advice and help us both with how should we deal with things in our own personal lives, but sometimes obviously in our professional lives. And I think you need mentors in, in both places. I think other barriers were really thinking about, You know, when you start out your career, it's sometimes so challenging to decide what's going to make you stand out, what's going to make your career, and we all need to find our niche. And I think that that was a challenge for me. I mean, I knew I wanted to study women's hearts, but what that meant to me wasn't entirely clear. And it takes some time. It felt to me sometimes that my colleagues knew exactly what they wanted to do. And I, I felt like I was a few steps behind. I think I learned from that that I need not to compare myself to others. It's my journey and my journey is going to be different than someone else just because My interests were different and there was no straightforward pathway. There was no pathway for prevention back then. There was no pathway for studying, you know, women's cardiovascular disease. So I had to carve them out on my own and actually do a lot of my own learning to really make the career that I wanted. So if it took longer, it took longer, but that's okay. And I I think that's important for us to realize that everybody has their own struggles. It's just, you know, they're different for each of us
0: after this overview of your career and of some of the challenges you faced could you tell us what do you wish you had known before starting your career in cardiology
1: yeah i guess what i wish i knew is that not everyone knows everything um, so when you feel sometimes overwhelmed by the volume of information and the volume of you know new articles coming out and you're like I can't keep up guess what everyone can't keep up and it, it you have it's a challenge for every one of us even when we're in practice and even when we're training it seems probably even more overwhelming but I think that again you know the older me looking at the younger me would say it's okay just again take take a pause do things the way that you need to do them so that you understand cardiology i think i was also much more scared at a younger age to ask questions because i felt that everybody else understood everything and maybe i was the only one who didn't know them and i i think that if i could give my younger self advice i'd be like ask as many questions because that's how we really discover science. I think one of my first projects that I did in my research was a question where I asked a simple question we had we had all this data on men and you know I was like, okay, what, what about women And people kind of you know like what about it? they just use the same formula for women and I'm like, but why And that actually led to my first, Paper that was published in circulation. It was the first paper I ever led and it got published in circulation. The second paper got published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And and it was because I asked the question, but where are the women? What do we know about women? So don't make assumptions. A lot of times people will think maybe your question isn't good enough. They'll think the answer is there. But If you're not sure, go back to the original data, see where it came from. And you'll be surprised that there's things in medicine and in cardiology that we often accept as fact, and then we realize that actually the work wasn't done. It's just an assumption that our community made. And some of the most important things is when we question those assumptions and, and go back. And I, I mean, I did work related to women's cardiovascular health, but there's lots of other things, other formulas that are out there that you might not, like, where did it come from? What does it mean? Does it, does it really apply? Does it apply in this modern age? And is it something we should challenge? Because that might be the way to create the unique project or the unique thing that makes you stand out in your career, stand out over others.
0: Now let's shift gears to the soft skill arena. Uh, you are a leader, I would say, in world cardiovascular medicine. Um, what, in your opinion, is the most important quality for a leader in the medical field?
1: So, you know, I I thank you for saying i'm a leader and i i i think that for a lot of us even when we're in leadership positions we sometimes wonder if we're leaders um outside um but you know first thing i think that being a leader it's okay if it's a goal but i think it comes it will come to you naturally as you build your career. I mean, I think we all have these opportunities. We're all teachers within medicine. It doesn't matter if you're in private practice or academics. We're all teaching people. And and to somebody's eyes, you'll always be a leader. But I think the most important quality that a leader should have is to listen. Because I think that, you know, you learn from the people around you. And if you're not listening to them, you don't need know what they need, and and I think a leader can actually see what their team needs, and um, and that's all for me. I, I lead by listening. I also think a leader should lead by example. Um, I think that you know when we do things, it's not that we get to dictate to junior people that they need to do something, but we should be willing to do the same same work. And I think that that is a very important quality. I'd also say for the women um, that are listening, that to understand we lead, we might lead differently than men. It is true that a lot of our role models are men just because we're in cardiology and there is more men in this field. But we've been brought up differently by society. And so the way that we lead may be different and it's okay. And I, I think what we need to do is now help our younger generation understand that when that male and female leaders are beneficial to all of us and not to have the same expectations necessarily from what you might say though that's a leadership quality because you've seen it in a man a woman's leadership qualities are going to be different and that's okay
0: absolutely i totally agree with your words how do you develop and use critical thinking skills in your work
1: That's a challenging question. (laughs) Um, Well, I think, you know, everybody will have a different approach to what they do and how they deal with things. I, I think for critical thinking, you know, we all have a different way of dealing with things. I think I am definitely the way that I deal with information onslaught, because I think that's a lot of what we get now in our community. Is I need to rest with it. I need to think about it. I need to write it, to be honest. I know nobody writes anymore, whether you type or write. I need to write things out so that I see what do I understand and what do I not understand. I know that sounds crazy, but that's the way that I do it. Um, I think it's also to break things down to the simplest parts. Um, and for me, that really comes from, I, I actually was a math major and I always think everything's understandable if you just break it down and make each part easy and then putting it together then will come naturally. So for me, that that's actually perhaps why I write it down because I try to break things down um, and to understand you know whether it's new information whether it's a new technique um or even understanding a patient's problem sometimes you have to go back to the basics when you see something rare or something that you at least you yourself have not dealt with
0: okay let's focus again on the women in cardiology so you have been one of the leaders of the movement um For our listeners that are not familiar with this hashtag and this movement, it refers to a movement that addresses issues related to gender disparities and encourages visibility, support and networking for women working in cardiology. Now, do you think gender disparities still exist in medicine, especially in cardiology? And have you experienced them?
1: Yes. I mean, I I still think they exist and certainly I've experienced them. I think that, you know, our community, as I already said, is um, very male dominated. Um, There's something about procedures and the sort of life that cardiologists have that seems to attract more men than women. But it also has been the case that we haven't necessarily invited women in. I do think the younger generation is changing things. I think there's, you know, it's, it's hard for everyone to balance everything, male or female. And you're you're a new dad, I know. And I mean, I think that we, what I am liking seeing in the younger generation is um, issues related to children matter to to everyone. And I think the more that they're everyone's issues, they will, it will help our community, decide do we really need everyone overtired or overworked is that the best way and the the absolute expectation of everyone in cardiology because we do to attract more women we do have to be a little more friendly to to finding balance or finding being welcoming to young women when they're pregnant I mean this has been you know we've done a survey on this and And it's amazing, at least in the United States, where there is no formal federally mandated maternity leave, we see that our community to cardiologists has been terrible to women at the most vulnerable time of their life. And it's not like they have a choice, right? Like they can only get pregnant in when you're at a certain age. And so it's not like you can be like, oh, wait, I'll wait till I'm a full professor and life is good. And I have a little more control over my life. It's usually at the earliest stages or your training stages. And I, so I do really think that our community has to rise up to this challenge. We have to first of all recognize that women are not entering our field. And and you can look at other specialties, other ones that have been very male dominated, like surgery. Surgery is attracting women. Urology is attracting women at rates higher than cardiology. So what are we doing wrong? Is it that there's not enough role models? Is it that the female role models myself included, are not good enough. Maybe we're not showing and opening the door wide enough to let women in. And I think we all need to be talking about it and figuring the solutions, because I really think that the best cardiology community out there is the one that looks like our patients. Therefore, half male, half female, from diverse backgrounds, You know, all of it coming from poorer families, coming from wealthier families, we will all learn from each other and be better doctors by having our world look more like the the world of patients that we treat. There is a lot of challenges we still have to overcome. I think the most important thing I would say to this community is invite people from different backgrounds to see what you do. Invite them to shadow you, encourage them to enter this community because it is awesome. And we all know like we're privileged every day to be a cardiologist. I I know that I feel that way every time I'm in clinic. I'm like, I'm so lucky to be here, to be let into my patients' lives and, and to treat them and to be entrusted with literally their lives. So, i think that we need to share our enthusiasm as much as we need to talk about the problems and it is important for us within our community to talk about the problems work out the solutions but when we're meeting young people we need to be very much more positive remind remember why we went into this field remember the joy that that we got whether it was doing your first cath whether it was putting in a doing an ablation or or if it was just knowing you made a difference by your aggressive treatment and you change a patient's outcomes. And also the variety in our field too. Every day is not the same for any of us, which is there's not every field can say that. So, you know, bring people into that joy. And and that means people from, you know, it means women bring them in, but also people from more diverse backgrounds that we're not necessarily seeing in our community.
0: You were discussing work-life balance a few minutes ago. How do you balance work and personal life effectively?
1: Yeah, I don't even like the word balance or work-life balance because I don't think we ever have balance in medicine. I think it's work-life fit is the way that I like to say it. There's times in our lives that work needs to be our priority. And there's time in our lives where... Our family needs to be a priority. And we know when we need to know when to say enough work and go to our family. And we also need to know when we sometimes have to dive in. We all know when we have deadlines or grants and, you know, meetings and all the rest of it that overtake our, our personal lives too. We're working at night, working at home. But I do think that we also have times in our lives where family needs to be more important. And this is where I want our community to improve this because we do need to be forgiving to people at different points of their lives. Meaning like if you have a young child and, in yes if they have to go to the doctor why can our why as physicians can our pay, can we not participate in the things that our children need we need to be able to be there and if it's sports when kids are small same thing okay this, certain people will leave early certain people will start early you know we need to be more flexible in our community but personally how i fit work and and life i think you know i try to find what gives me joy and make sure I get that joy every day. So for me, probably people who follow me on social media know that I run literally every day. Um, And you know what, there's nothing that stops my run. I can, you know, people can ask for early meetings and I'll say, no, I'm sorry, I run every day. Uh, Even if you want a European meeting at, for me, will sometimes be 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., I'm awake but I need my exercise. And so I make that a priority. And I think as physicians, we should make our health a priority um, because nobody else is gonna take care of us um, (laughs) in the same way that we recommend to our patients. So we've got to really put it first. It also makes me a better doctor to have my run. I am a better person, a nicer human being if I have my run every day. Um, so that's a, those are little ways that I feel like I control my day. I control it in the morning. I may control nothing once I get to work, but I do control that moment in my life. I also try, and I'm not perfect at this, but I try to prioritize family. Um, you know whether that's my my elderly father. I try to make time for him and and visit him, and um, my mother in law, and then my my husband and my dogs. I, I will say that I'm in a unique position. For most people, I don't have children, um, and, and so maybe I have more time than others. Um, but I think we all have responsibilities and we all take on different amounts of work. But we also need to know our limit. We do need to know when to say, enough, I'm feeling burnt out. You know, we know in cardiology, there is a lot of people feeling burnt out, particularly after the pandemic. It seems like we went from maybe a quieter time to almost a, a being bombarded to catch up given the years that we sort of lost in patient care and even our hospitals. There's just a lot more things to do, but we do have to be able to stop things when we need to stop it. And I do think we should take our vacation and we should, you know, enjoy our vacation. I think we should do a better job at turning off email and even social media when we're on vacation, because I do think that our world has become a computer. Uh, So much of our work is at a desk, even when we're seeing patients, we're still typing. I do think that we need to take breaks because they will make us healthier. Um, And I don't know if I really answered your question, but I do think finding little ways to control your life and knowing what your priorities are, always meet your priorities, whether that's your children, whether that's your spouse, whether that's your parents or whether that's you. All of it is necessary.
0: Amazing. Um, now f- focusing on our young listeners, any advice for young professionals looking to grow in cardiovascular medicine?
1: Yeah, I, I think that the, I sort of mentioned this before, but you know, I think one, read as much as you can so that you can find a niche. In the area that you like i think that's what will define you and define your career when you're writing about something different or you're caring for a type of patient with something that maybe someone no one at your institution has the same skills as you ultimately that can help define who you are and who you are professionally i also think that you should challenge commonly held conceptions, and go back and really get to know, are these based on science? Are these based on fact? Or are these based on assumptions? Because that's where the interesting questions come in. And I think that that can also help define you, especially if you're interested in research. Um, And then again, if I can give a message to the young women in cardiology too, and this is more on a personal level, Sometimes because it's a lot of work to get into cardiology, you may have put your personal life or at least your reproductive life on hold. And I know that was the story for me. If you, if you haven't found your partner, if you don't have kids yet, and you think, you know, you don't know what the future holds for you. My advice to the young women is freeze your eggs. And, and it doesn't mean that you have to have children. But if you don't haven't answered that question for you, it is a way so that you have options, you have choices um, if that becomes something that you want.
0: How do you foresee the future of cardiology in the next decade?
1: Yeah, the next decade, I think, is gonna be really exciting for us. I think we're gonna learn a lot more about the use of technology and AI in cardiology and I think this is an area that everybody's interested in and um, you know we see it more and more at our meetings and don't think you don't belong there even if you're not the one doing the research the reality is is we're all in there because the truth is our patients are coming to us whether it's a smart watch that they're using or something new that they read about That's going to be a place that it's going to enter into your lives, but also it's going to enter into our lives through electronic health records and and helping us decide, are we caring best for patients? It's going to enter through cardiac imaging. How are we going to use it? How are we going to know that it's reliable? And so we need to be involved in those conversations no matter where we're at. And I think it's the younger generation who has really grown up, you know, with so much technology at their fingertips, literally, you're gonna be better at it than maybe some people that are more senior. And we need everyone there who's gonna help guide it and also ensure that the AI that we use is good enough. Because the reality is AI is only gonna augment the care that we give to patients, but it's only as good as what it's based on. And they need physicians. It's not going to be an engineer that tells us how it works. It's got to be somebody from medicine that is really checking on. I have no worries that AI is going to overtake us. It, again, is only as smart as the things that are fed to it. But I I think we all want to be at that table where the conversations are going I also think that there will be more focus on prevention, and this makes me very excited because I am a preventive cardiologist, but I know my European colleagues that are in prevention, we all have these conversations now that it's actually becoming more important, more to the forefront. We have strong communities and it's actually really exciting. And I think that's what we should be focusing on. How do we preserve health? How do we preserve heart health? And, you know, there's from even a decade ago, we didn't have a lot of medications that could help us in the care and management of patients when we talked about prevention. But look at the day and age we're living in right now with new medications coming out, helping us lower LDL, helping us treat and maybe even cure obesity, you know understanding LP little a more that that's also uh, in our future. So I think all these areas of prevention are really exciting. And I'm not trying to brainwash any of you, but prevention is the most important area in cardiology. So come join us.
0: Last question. And this is a tradition in this podcast. What's your top book recommendation for our audience?
1: Yeah. um, You know, there's a book, actually, I meant to look this up. I knew you were going to ask me this. And it's a book that I have not yet read. um, But I think people should read it. It's actually in my library. Um, Let me just... uh, It's called The Covenant of Water, and it's by Abraham Verghese, and he is actually a physician and a professor at Stanford University. He's written some beautiful books before that I I think have just been mind-blowing. It's actually in my inbox of books I need to read. I've heard nothing but great about it my worry with me is when I read a book I want to finish it so I always have to either have the time because otherwise I stay up way too late reading books but that is the book that's at least on my list
0: perfect Marta a colossal thank you for your insights and wisdom to our listeners stay tuned in the app with our weekly selection of the most relevant and recently published papers in cardiovascular medicine, diabetes, and obesity. Catch you on the next Career Boost adventure. Thank you.